Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We celebrate this Sunday, of course, primarily the resurrection of our Lord that has given life to all of creation. We especially, beside that, celebrate the glorification of Tikhon, Patriarch of Moscow and Enlightener of North America, one of the great hierarchs who, uh, if innocent, laid the foundation, uh, Tikhon continued to build upon that foundation throughout not just Alaska, but then in the lower 49, uh, where he labored to build to consecrate many churches. There's many churches in the OCA that are consecrated by St. Tikhon. Uh, there is a great book uh, published by St. Tikhon's uh, Monastery, and just for disambiguation here, St. Tikhon's Monastery is not named for St. Tikhon, the Patriarch of Moscow, but for St. Tikhon of Zadonsk, who was an earlier saint, just so you know. Uh, St. Tikhon's Press uh, put, has put out a few years ago translations of sermons uh, from St. Tikhon letters and sermons, articles that he wrote, and it makes for a very edifying reading to see uh, the sermons that would have been preached at the dedication of certain churches, uh, uh, ordinations of certain priests that have a long spiritual lineage in the OCA. You can just see all of these connections that we have to St. Tikhon, that he is uh, not an abstract enlightener of North America, but he really, he's only a, two generations ago, roughly, for us. And for some, that's not two, it's one. So we have with Tikhon uh, a great example of the faith, especially uh, since his feast day is also with Abraham. We have someone who had the faith of Abraham to leave his home country uh, and to go and serve uh, in what used to be Russia and Alaska. And in fact, when he first get, gets to Sitka, to what uh, where St. Innocent had first built the cathedral, and what had used to been the Russian civil authorities were there, uh, then America, when they took over the land, that is also where they originally started governing Alaska, uh, he emphasizes uh, how much he, the transfer of his love and responsibilities, because he's from very far away, and now he is present uh, and he wants to, and he defers even to uh, the people there. It's like, you've been here, you received the faith. Uh, and so you have the responsibility, uh, he says specifically, don't leave it all on the clergy, but you have the responsibility to build up, to edify, uh, to attend to God's kingdom. But we see, especially, I think, in the third reading from Vespers, and it, uh, an explanation or a little icon of what uh, St. Tikhon was like, or what a righteous man in the faith is like. A righteous man, and this is all wisdom, right? We all think wisdom, and there is the basic, although we're kind of losing this, there should be deference uh, to those uh, with lighter hair, right? I don't mean blonde. <laughs> but there should be deference for age, right? There, uh, our culture is losing aspects of this, but we need that deference. But scripture defines for us, old age is not honored for length of time, no measure just by years, but understanding is the true gray hair and a blameless life is ripe old age. 
So scripture is not denigrating old age, but it's saying just because you're gray and gray in the whiskers uh, does not mean, therefore, you've gotten understanding, does not mean that you have uh, attained a blameless life or sought after that blameless life. And that the wise man in scripture, the, this focus and wisdom of Solomon on this two, two-pronged or two-sided aspect of thing, understanding and blameless life. We see this in Tikhon. When he was going around preaching, his sermons are full of scripture and they're full of encouragement about the basics of the Orthodox Christian faith. He even when he goes uh, to the Serbian church, there's a famous church in Jackson, California, if I'm remembering uh, the specific spot in California where he went. Uh, he's telling them, stick to the church, stick to your spiritual father, stick to those who have fought and who have suffered and died for the faith. Because they have the understanding that is within the bounds of orthodoxy. And of course, this blameless life, a life that is led through love and sacrifice and the cleansing of the body of the passions. Because the one who is pleased by God and loved by God, he's caught up, he's brought to him, lest evil change his understanding, again understanding, or guile deceive his soul. So the, the intellect, the understanding, and then the heart, the will. For the fascination of wickedness obscures what is good. When we get fascinated with things of wickedness, we lose the ability to actually see what is good. It obscures. It's like a, a fog descends. We cannot even rightly understand. We have the idea with reason that we just get things. Like it's just math. But the reality, we don't understand creation. We don't understand each other. We don't understand what's going on when we have fascination with wickedness because it distorts everything. There's the same with roving desire perverts the mind. I was at a particular uh, academic conference. They were talking about Maximus the Confessor. I'm not going to go into details about Maximus the Confessor. Uh, that is for sitting down, I wouldn't say over a beer, but over maybe some tea. Uh, and there was this debate, who does the righteous man see a tree differently? You say, what does that mean? Doesn't everybody just see a tree? Well, the debate, and this is scholars who read Maximus, they're saying, no, Maximus say the righteous man actually beholds the tree in a completely different way than someone who is in the fog, who is distorted. I would say one simple way is a lot of folks, they just look at a tree and you just see nuisance or resource. The man of God will see a tree and see God's glory present in the trees, right? He will think of the Psalms. He will think of scripture and he will see them clapping and giving glory to God. The hardest thing about wisdom, gaining divine understanding and striving for a blameless life is that those around do not understand. As the end of the reading tells us, the people saw and did not understand, nor take such a thing to heart. This is maybe one of the hardest aspects, because who doesn't want uh, to be readily understood and known? But there is, with wisdom, 
with true understanding, with the searching, striving for a blameless life, there is going to be, uh, you're going to confound people. Just look to the example of Christ. Look to the example of St. Tikon, who in the midst of so much chaos after he was elected, we sing about his election by divine providence. He was elected Patriarch of Moscow while they were shooting in the streets while the Bolshevik Revolution was occurring, right? And then he had to govern the church while the entire nation was... While everyone around had no understanding and there was actual deaths everywhere, martyrdoms. And he himself, as we proclaim him confessor, as we know that he was basically confined by uh, the Bolsheviks in Donskoy Monastery in a particular little apartment there, and he was not allowed to see people, and he basically, uh, they poisoned him through his food slowly to where it looked like he just died a natural death. So we call him a confessor for the faith because of his witness to the Catholicity of the Church, to the teachings of the Church, even when it would have served him to just submit to the authorities and do what they told him to do. So as we prepare for tomorrow morning to receive our Lord's body and blood, let us call on the prayers of the righteous man, uh, Tikhon, with his divine understanding given to him by God through the pursuit of a blameless life so that he can help us to understand and be enlightened and be illumined with the same blameless life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.